It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you here listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker and consultant focusing on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. I'm going to dive straight in today and introduce you to our special guest. Eric Banholtz launched Beardbrand.com in 2013 and is now a seven figure business. Beardbrand is a range of products for looking after a beard, strangely enough, and the majority of the products are designed by the Beardbrand team themselves, with a few best-of-breed exceptions. The products are available from their two international online stores and various retail distributors. Hi, Eric. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are right now. So how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, you know, uh, the the path is uh, actually kind of interesting. I Beard Brand started off as a content play about a year before we started into e-commerce. And it's always been like a, a passion project of mine, growing a beard out, uh, which, you know, to some may seem pretty silly, but uh, to me it was, was quite the journey. So uh, I blogged about it, did some YouTube videos, and curated some photos on Tumblr. And after aligning with uh, my business partners, we kind of committed to uh, turning this from like just a pure passion play into uh, an e-commerce business uh, back in 2013. So it was definitely uh, a, a different path for me than, than all my failed businesses before. <laughs> it's strange how all those failures kind of bring you to the point where suddenly everything works and you realize that you actually learned, whilst at the time they were quite painful, you actually learned an awful lot from them. Yeah, you know, business is is never an easy thing, and it's it's still not easy after um, what is it? I'm we're on year number three, so it, it always gets hard, um, but it's fun, you know, and it's that's the challenge that we as entrepreneurs like live on and thrive on is overcoming those hurdles. Cool. So let's uh, let's dive into where you've got to right now. So you're based somewhere in the US, I'm guessing. Or sorry, I yeah. know you're somewhere in the US. So where, whereabouts are you in the US, and where are you selling into? I uh, I live in Austin, Texas. Our company is headquartered in Spokane, Washington. A lot of our stuff is manufactured in, in Spokane and, and shipped out of Spokane. And then uh, we have uh, online store beardbrand.com, and we also have beardbrand.co.uk where we. Uh, send stuff out of Belfast. Oh, wow. Cool. And are you selling exclusively to the US and the UK or are you global these days? Yeah. So uh, all of our European orders will come out of uh, our UK website and then everything else is going to come out of our uh, US website. Oh, cool. And um, and you've also got quite a, a big distribution network at the moment of retailers? Yeah, we work. Yeah, we work directly with our retailers, so we don't sell through a, a distribution company. And I think we're over about 300 retailers around the world right now who who carry and sell our products. So um, that's real exciting for us. Cool. And, and do you do that mainly from a sales growth perspective or a brand growth perspective? We, we see it as an opportunity for like a, a marketing presence. So a little bit of branding and, and being the company that's 
available. Uh, and then we, we always look at our customers and what's going to be the best experience for our customers. And we know that some people just prefer to go into the stores and, and pick it up in stores. Uh, so we wanted to offer them that opportunity by partnering up with retailers who, who really understood what we're about and, and our passions. So it's all about the vision and the, and the customer rather than necessarily a, a sales strategy kind of customer first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, when you sell to a retailer, your margins are, are cut significantly um, compared to when you sell directly on e-commerce. So it is, you know, partially a, a marketing strategy for us. Um, but, um, you know, there's opportunity there and, and we didn't want to leave it on the table either. Sounds like, like a good, good move to me. So uh, what platform are you selling on? Are you on a Shopify and Magento? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Shopify. I, uh, I created a Magento store uh, with one of my failed businesses uh, way back in the day and, and had a lot of challenges with it. And Shopify has really been a huge asset for us in our growth and the ability to focus on our business and, and not focus on our website. Um, we're not web people. You know, we're not in the business to build websites. We're in the business to move products. And, and that's what Shopify does for us. Such a good distinction. I'm always banging on about the fact that um, that you need to go, you know, there's nothing wrong with a simple platform like Shopify because it, it stops you from obsessing about things that don't make any difference and makes you actually worry about the business rather than the font size. Um, <laughs> too many people are doing that out there. Um, are there any, given you're on the Shopify platform, I'm sure you must be using some key widgets or plugins, review, search, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've got a whole slew of them uh, tied into our business. We use uh, uh, Yatpo for our reviews, uh, and we found good success with that. And then, um, you know, kind of a, a lot of the, the big ones out there, like the Shipping Easy and the uh, Stitch Labs for our inventory management, um, Zendesk for customer service, um, and probably one of the ones I'm most excited about, but that we haven't really... Um, fully executed on is our reoccurring billing app called recharge. Um, so I'm really excited about that, that ability to, to grow our reoccurring business in the future. Uh, so, so subscriptions, a big future piece for you then. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a huge opportunity for our business that, that we really, um, we, we've kind of dipped our toes into, but we haven't fully uh, gone gangbusters with it. Cool. And um, what does your team look like? I know there's the the three of you founders and that you're spread out all over the state. So who else is involved and how does that all work? Yeah, we've grown um, from really it was just me working on it full time and, until we added um, team members one by one. And um, we're up to about 10 people um, in operations. We've got like product development and inventory management, operations manager, uh, in wholesale, we've got a few people, just account managers and transaction coordinators, salespeople. And then uh, on my end, kind of the creative side, I, I function as a creative role. And we also have a uh, marketing uh, community guy. And uh, we've got a guy over in uh, in the UK as well who uh, manages our influencers. So um, Carlos Costa. Uh, so we've, we've grown quite a bit. Um, but we do outsource a lot of our stuff as well. So we don't have fulfillment in-house. We don't have PR in-house. We don't have um, AdWords in-house. We outsource a lot of that. We outsource our uh, web development as well. So, um, 
it's kind of a fine line between what we keep in house and, and what we send out. So how do you make that decision between what stays in and what goes out? I mean, ideally, um, if it's not something that we could have like a full-time role in um, or that we don't have the expertise in, nor do we want to gain the expertise in, uh, if it's like not a core efficiency for us, uh, we'll try to outsource that. But if it's something, (coughs) excuse me, I'm getting over a cold here. Um, If it's something that we do view as, as a, um, a core aspect of our business, like customer service, uh, we won't outsource that customer service, creative, um, the things that really make our company who we are. See, it's, it's interesting. I, I know one of the reasons I asked you that question is because there's a few people I've been speaking to recently who say that, you know, if one of your core brand values or whatever you want, however you want to refer to it is customer service, you can't risk outsourcing fulfillment. So I find it interesting you've decided to to outsource fulfillment. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a really tight uh, relationship with our fulfillment company, but you know, the stuff we're, we're moving isn't rocket science. You know, it's, it, it's a pick and pack and drop and small envelopes. Um, and then we've got the ability to, um, you know, make it right. So we're not dealing on like super slim margins where it's like 10% margin. And, and if something gets shipped to the wrong place or, um, you know, it gets misdelivered, then, then we lost our profit. And, you know, we will just send out another order. Uh, to make it right if, if something does go wrong. So, you know, it's uh, for us, like, I, I don't think fulfillment is, is really anything that any one particular company can do better than, than the fulfillment houses out there, with the exception of, of maybe products that are really uniquely packaged or stored um, or something like that. Cool. I think I think a lot of our listeners will find that um, that very useful to have that bit of an insight. So I'm going to move on now to some slightly more bigger, wider ranging questions, Eric. So what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Well, right now, uh, I mentioned a, a little bit earlier is our influencer program that we're, we're building up. Uh, we call it Team Beard Brand. And we've recruited probably about 20 or 30 guys right now who are, are pretty remarkable uh, with interesting stories to tell who are uh, just coming together to, to help us with, with changing the way society views beardsmen and, and shifting like the negative stereotypes that uh, surround a lot of people with, with facial hair. And, um, you know, we just brought on an NFL football player, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And, and of course, beyond that, we've, we've just got uh, really some amazing people. Because I think one of the things we really have to touch on today is is how important content and community is for you guys, because that came first and the e-commerce sites came second. And you have a se- second website, don't you, which is Urban Beardsman. So how does that fit in to it all? Yeah, you know, um, our, uh, we really start with our, our vision statement and our mission statement, um, which is our, our vision statement is is to change the way society views beardsmen. So it's to shift the the perception that society has as a whole towards people with facial hair. And then our our mission statement is to foster style for the urban beardsmen. So those two um, core structures are at the root of of how we're making decisions. And for us to foster style for the urban beardsmen, that means we've got to uh, give them not only the tools to to look cool. Um, to look best, to look well-groomed, but also to give them uh, inspiration in terms of style, you know, to help them dress better, to 
uh, rockical appearance. And, and that's really where we go with Urban Beardsman because our, our content is more than just, you know, stuff about our products. You know, we talk about things that, that we don't sell at all um, and products out there that, that aren't even related to our e-commerce at all. So it's, uh, you know, it's fun for us because we, we just get to share our passions and, and we get to be true and authentic to ourselves rather than just trying to make decisions that are going to make us money, if that makes sense. Uh, that makes perfect sense. So, you know, it's about really the products are almost the product and the e-commerce part is almost on the side of the bigger purpose of the business. It just so happens that in order to foster style for the urban beardsman, you need to be able to provide them with the right products because they don't exist. Right. And then it's, uh, you know, we look, we take a lot of inspiration from companies like Red Bull and uh, we do it differently. Um, like, but, but for instance, they have these, these crazy events where people are jumping off a platform into like a river or a lake. And it's like, how many cans of Red Bull are they going to sell there? Like, there's no <laughs> way they're making money like with yeah. that event. But it's, it's more of like the, the brand and the feel and, and what they're about that people will start to identify with. And, and that's what we want to do when we try to communicate with our audience is really let them know that, you know, we're so much more than this company that's just trying to get rich and, and buy fancy cars and, and move products. Like we're, we're about a movement and we're about, you know, helping men become better men, uh, however that may be defined in, in their mind. Hence, your influencers must be really a really important next step for building that brand and building that awareness. Yeah, you know, like we've we started off, and and like the influencer network really kind of just started with me as as the sole influencer, and and uh, I've got a YouTube channel where I share my thoughts and visions, and and we've grown a community that way. But you know, I want to show that you know what we're building is so much more than me, you know, and and yeah. and. You know, I'm not the only one who's saying this, that there's a whole community of guys out there who, you know, see this, see the vision and, and agree and, and, you know, are, are on board with, with doing some cool stuff. Yeah, it's kind of the, um, if, if you want to be a beardsman, you don't have to do it exactly the same way as Eric does. Here's other people who are doing it in areas as diverse as NFL and, and that's working. So is all that, is the content from those guys going to be bringing, being brought back to Urban Beardsman? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's either driving them to, to Beard Brand or Urban Beardsman. It's, it's really working with them in, in a lot of different ways and, and helping them create content um, that's kind of in line with, with our vision. Um, so it's, it's a lot of things. You know, it's, it's them giving them the tools they need to feel confident about educating other guys on how to groom and take care of their beard and then also how to be stylish and and confident and you know grow as individuals because that's that's really like at the root of us is is it's not like grow a beard it's it's become a better man or or become the man that you want to be uh become the person that you want to be um so like that's what we want to just like instill and and of course this this concept of uh, acceptance and tolerance and, and open-mindedness and, and, you know, taking the high road for things as well. Cool. And then um, a little question around the whole beersman.com versus urbanbeersman.com piece. I know I, know I speak, up, speak to a lot of people who, are, who know that they need to do more content to do better in terms of get, generating traffic and to interact with their customers. 
I am constantly involved with in discussions about whether that content should be on a different URL or on the main website URL. So was that was that just kind of something that evolved having it as two separate websites or was it a distinct strategy to go, here's our content site, here's our product site? Yeah, we've we've gone uh, back and forth on that. And when we made that decision, it was a, a challenging decision for us. Um, we started off our content on beardbrand.com and then moved it to blog.beardbrand.com and then ultimately decided to spin it off to Urban Beardsman. The reason that we spun it off was we wanted the content to be more than just grooming. And we thought that uh, if we kept it on Beardbrand, then it would also be... Um, just it would be kind of like it didn't make sense for people to come to Beard Brand and, and read that stuff. And then, you know, in addition to that, we wanted uh, we saw a long term opportunity uh, for growing a lifestyle community and, and maybe some future products or items that would relate to that audience um, more than than just, you know, the, 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 the grooming side of things. So if we ever wanted to get into apparel or lifestyle then we'll be able to leverage that property, that online property for it. So it's it's kind of like more of a long-term play for us. And then, um, you know, we do like the the, the concept of, of having a different website that, that can almost maintain its, its independence and, and function on its own rather than, you know, something purely um, shamelessly self-promoting <laughs> ourselves, which I think a lot of content out there is, you know, it's just hey, how do I create an article that's going to sell me more things rather than how can I create an article that's going to be valuable to my audience? I oh, could not agree with you more um, on that point. There are some horrendous articles out there that it would make, yeah. for those of us who write decent articles, it would make life a lot easier if they didn't write them. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. I've written my fair share of bad articles in the, the day as well. So well, a bad article... You know, for everyone out there, a bad article is better than no article. So you've got to start somewhere and, and get that pen pen moving or get that keyboard going uh, and then just build on that. Uh, and it's a skill, you know, like everything else, like content creation is a skill that you can develop over time. Oh, oh definitely. You, you have to start somewhere. And, yeah, I do have my fair share of pretty hideous articles out there as well. Um yeah, the whole separate site piece, do you now wish you'd started that content on a separate site in the beginning? Or do you think the evolution was essential to, to making it, the, you know, building the business you've now got? No, I mean, like with, with like 301 redirects, it's not very challenging to move a website from a domain. Like if we ever wanted to bring Urban Beardsman back on to Beard Brains domain, it, it wouldn't be much of a challenge at all. So that's the other thing that I looked into it is like, I can always bring this to, I can bring it back to blog.beardbrand.com and have all the content there. So it's, it's not that, uh, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and maybe like some SEO experts out there are probably like rolling around in there. <laughs> you're totally ruining it. But you know, from a big picture standpoint, having two properties that, uh, are, are well regarded uh, gives us a lot of advantage uh, as well in our industry you know and in, in everyone's industry is a little bit different but we've got such a new uh, budding industry that you know we've got an opportunity for something from urban beardsman and <coughs> oh excuse me something from urban beardsman and beard brand showing up uh, in the search engine results so i think that's that's pretty powerful as well 
But I think the you know the wider point about the SEO guys shouting at their um, their phones or computers or whatever they're currently listening to this on is it's a good one because actually a lot of people get hung up in that whole separate site debate about the SEO factor of it rather than what works for the business, what works strategically because you know the role of content is so much more now than just attracting Google to your website. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like when you make decisions, you just got to make decisions. What do you think is best for the customer? You know, what's going to make them or not the customer, but your audience, you know, what's going to make the most sense for them? And how can I guide my decisions to to really give them the best experience possible? So um, I don't know. I I think it's, um, you know, the jury's still out for us. We're still building that platform, but um, I'm really excited about it. You know, our, our, our content website, I think we're going to up our content from, daily posts to, to maybe uh, multiple posts. And, and we really invest heavily in our team. We've, we've got a few people who just operate that platform. And, you know, it, it does take an investment to do it well and to do it right. Yeah, that is a big investment. But, but like you said, you've got, if you're going to do it, you've really got to, to you know, put the foot down and, and, uh, and really commit. Um, so as well as that, then, what's on your radar, your to-do list right now? Oh, geez, I mean, my goal right now in, in our stage of the business is, is try to build it where it's operationally functional without um, me in the day-to-day. So I'm trying to step away um, from, the, as they say, the weeds so I can focus on the strategy and the creative purely. Um, so it's just, you know, for me as an entrepreneur, those are the really challenging things because it's like SOPs or standard operating procedures and systems and processes and like all these things are just like, you know, like uh, entrepreneurs loathe, or, or at least I loathe. So <laughs> it's a it's a big challenge for us, but I, I think one that once we get it set up, our our company will run a lot more efficiently and, and a lot more smoothly and, and be able to scale up. Cool. So it's it's all about getting those processes written down, getting things streamlined, so as you can really focus on the future. Yeah, and then I think it makes it easier for people coming in, you know, to be able to understand the roles or as people shift around within the organization, take on new challenges, like that the people can fill in their spot and do that. Cool. And um, I'm guessing, um, given you're not a systems and processes person, that there's at least one <coughs> one exciting thing on your to-do list that you're, that someone's stopping you from from doing until you get these processes and systems done. So, so what's that one? What's the what's the exciting thing on the to do list for you? Well, moment? I mean, like I've uh, I, I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time, going on probably over a year. I've I've already bought all the equipment, and it's just a matter of figuring out how to schedule it into my life. So, in addition to my YouTube videos, I'd also like to to generate a podcast and, and do what you're doing, which I think is pretty cool. I did wonder when you said about the influencers, I was thinking, oh, that seems like, you know, getting the influencers on into the podcast and everything would would seem like quite a natural way to take it. But but I guess the problem if you're promoting, you know, the whole um, the whole Beardsman thing is there's no visuals on a podcast. So, the- yeah, well, I think it's with a podcast and it's just bringing in multiple um avenues of, of content so you tell them to go to the website you tell them to go check out the videos you tell them to you know uh, go on the instagrams and i think a lot of people listen to podcasts at their computers as well so they'll be able to interact with you uh, as they listen to the podcast but 
I don't know. I, I think it's it's like podcasts are all about that story, right? You know, how do you tell that story? Yeah, very much about the story. I I, I will be. Let me know when it goes live because I would love to hear hear um hear what you're what you're exploring. Even though I know I'm way off your your demographic. Um, okay, I think on that, that note, let's move into the top tips round. Um, and I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Eric, are you happy to go on to the top tips? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So first up then, our book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? You know, the book I, I find a lot of value from is Eat People by Andy Kessler. Eat People. Oh, that's not one I've come across. What's that one about? It's about um, outsourcing, really, and, and sticking to doing what you do best. And then everything else, you, you try to outsource and, and keep your operations lean. Oh, excellent. I'm always into a book that's about focusing on outsourcing. So I'm going to have to go and check that one out myself. Uh, so the, next up then, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm, I think YouTube is a fantastic platform that really does a great job of, of helping your audience understand your vision and passions. And I think everyone talks about Facebook and social media and Twitter and you know, the hot new thing, Snapchat, but YouTube is where there's just a tremendous opportunity if you dedicate um, the resources that, that it takes to, to be successful. Cool. I don't think anyone's mentioned YouTube before. So, so that's a first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A bit left field. That's what we like. Um, so the tool top tip, maybe this is a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool tool you use that makes you, your team more efficient day to day? Um, one of the, the, the software tools that have helped us stay lean is more from like a, an, an office HR things is the software called Grasshopper, which is a, a routing platform to give us a, a 1-800 number. Um, but everyone can keep their mobile numbers. So um, if anyone's looking to to come up with a phone solution, Grasshopper's worked really well for us. Oh, cool. So that, that people can phone in on a 1-800 and you can redirect it to whoever's available at that time. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, cool. Excellent. So uh, our startup top tip, tip next. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first piece of advice for them? For me, in my journey, it's all about finding the right team of, of founders, co-founders, to be able to execute. Um, business is a long, lonely, dark road, and it's important to surround yourself with people who are philosophically aligned and can help you up when you're down, and, and you can help them up when, when you're down as well. So uh, it's all about building that team. Excellent. Uh, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash beard brand. And I've got one last top tips question for you, Eric. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Uh, do I get to pick one that's already in business right now? One that's already in business, yeah, if you can. Well, um, um, I'm a big fan of what Nixon does, Nixon watches. I think they've got a, a really cool look, feel, and vibe. And, and then, of course, they've got some great products as well. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. We'll have a link to that as well, everybody. Um, and finally, before we say goodbye, Eric, would you like to let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yeah, if you Google my name, Eric Banholtz, uh, I'm the only one out there. So uh, you can find all my social media platforms. But Twitter works best for me. And my handle is my last name. So it's at Banholtz. Excellent. And we'll also add links to the websites um, on the show notes as well, everybody. That will be at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash beardbrand, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous and sharing your experience with us. It's my pleasure. It's been a fun talk. What a fascinating discussion on how such content and community can really bring together a brand and the different challenges they've been going through. I really hope you'll find that one interesting and useful too. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. Twitter, Facebook, over a coffee or a pint, I really don't mind. Um, we've also just published my brand new ebook, How to Get More New Customers to Your Website. It's available exclusively and for free. Yes, all 11 pages of great advice for growing your e-commerce business are available for free. If you'd like a copy just head to the website and you'll see the sign up form have a great week everyone and keep optimizing bye thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com